Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout yes. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> you, you might be wondering why we dance, why we shout. I see people dancing in this altar who received the Holy Ghost last week. That's something to dance about. That's something to shout about. I, I see people dancing in this altar who God healed them from cancer. That's something to dance about. That's something to shout about. I, I see people right now dancing who God delivered from drug addiction and alcoholism. That is something to shout about. I see people right now who are worshiping. God delivered them from the spirit of suicide. That's something to shout about. That's something to dance about. Oh. My God, my God, my God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I do have a word from the Lord for you today. And I don't want us to lose this spirit of worship. I'm of the belief that we should have this kind of spirit through the preaching as well as through the singing. I said I believe we should respond with the same enthusiasm and worshipful attitude with the preaching as we do with the singing. So I'd like to preach from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 22, and I feel like we're all tapped into the same vein of the Holy Ghost this morning. I feel that my message flows with what has already been said and sung about today, and I believe God's going to minister to us. Hebrews eleven twenty-two. If you have that, say amen. We'll read one verse together. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. And I'd like to preach from this subject, the commandment concerning the bones. The commandment concerning the bones. Put your Bibles down and lift up your hands and one more time, let's just worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth, shall we? Lord, I magnify you. God, there's a spirit of deliverance in the house. There's a spirit of liberty in the house. There's a spirit of freedom in the house. And I pray that we would respond to your word. Set someone free today, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Someone shout in Jesus' name. Thank you for standing. Be seated if you'd like. A lot of interesting things happen with bones in the Bible. For example, when the prophet Elisha died, he was one miracle short of what God had promised him. Elisha had been promised a double portion of the prophet Elijah's anointing. 
but only if he was present when Elijah was carried away. And Elisha was so dedicated and he was so committed to receiving that double portion that he would not leave the elder prophet's side. And when the fiery chariot came down from heaven and carried Elijah away, Elisha was there to catch his mantle. And because of his faithfulness, Elisha received the blessings of a double portion that day. Do you know why many ministries today never operate with any real authority, anointing, or power? Because they remove themselves from authority before God is ready to hand them the mantle. They remove themselves from faithfulness before God has finished completing the process of strength and the process of learning in their life. But Elisha stayed with the elder prophet in the good times and in the bad times, through feast and through famine, through glory and through grief, and he received the favor of the Lord. But when Elisha died, God had used him to perform 27 powerful miracles. He parted the Jordan River. He raised the Shunammite son from the dead. He smote the Assyrian army with blindness. He healed Naaman of leprosy, just to name a few. But he was still one miracle short of the double blessing. Elijah had performed 14 notable miracles, and he had only performed 27. One miracle short when they laid his bones to rest in a tomb. And I'm preaching to some people today who don't have a clue how God is going to do what he said he was going to do in your life. Your promises seem like dead, dry, lifeless bones with no hope of fulfillment. But God can turn lifeless bones into a miracle. God can turn a tomb into a testimony. God can take what seems like a disappointment and he can turn it into something powerful. He can turn it into something supernatural. <laughs> oh my God, I'm preaching to somebody today. And so shortly after Elisha's death, some men were burying a man. We don't even know this man's name. And while they were burying this man, the Moabites attacked without warning. And so in their fear and in their haste to hurry away, they quickly tossed this unnamed man's body into Elisha's tomb. And when that dead body touched Elisha's bones, he revived and jumped to his feet. Suddenly life filled his body. Strength came into his sinews. A man who was dead. It was the 28th miracle. It was the miracle of the double portion. When Elisha died, it looked like God had given up on his promises. But God will not fail. God's hand is not shortened that he cannot reach even into the grave. <laughs> God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Don't let 
bones keep you from believing in the promises of God. Don't let failures keep you from trusting in the promises of God. Don't let discouragement keep you from doing what God has called you to do today. Yes, a lot of interesting things happen with bones in the Bible. One day the Spirit of the Lord carried the prophet Ezekiel into a valley that was full of dead, dry bones. There was a bunch of bones, and they were bone dry. It was a valley of death. It was a valley of pain. It was a valley that represented finality and failure. It was a place of absolute hopelessness. And God asked Ezekiel a probing question. He said, son of man, can these bones live? Now, I didn't notice this until recently, but Ezekiel does not say yes, and he does not say no. He said, Lord, thou knowest. In other words, Lord, only you know the answer to this question. I can't breathe life into these bones, and I can't say exactly what's going to happen, but you are all powerful. You are Jehovah Jireh, the provider. You are omnipotent. You are omnipresent. You are all-knowing. And if you speak life into these bones, thou knowest, Lord. Somebody needs to get the revelation of thou knowest, Lord. You need to stop saying no, and you need to stop demanding a yes. You need to say, Lord, thou knowest. Not my will, but Somebody's going to preach with me in just a minute here. Not my will, but thy will be done. If you want to raise them, you can raise them. If you want to heal them, you can heal them. If you want to touch them, it doesn't matter how dry. It doesn't matter how dead. It doesn't matter how lifeless. When the Spirit of the Lord begins to move, graves can shake. Bones can shake. Everything can come into place. When the Spirit of God begins to flow in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, I'm preaching to somebody who's right smack dab in the middle of a valley. You need to start preaching to the bones. You need to start calling calling to the four corners of the wind and say, oh wind, breathe into these bones. Breathe into this valley. I need the Spirit of God. I need the Spirit of God. And so God told Ezekiel, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, oh ye dry bones, hear the word. Ha, ha, ha. Hear the word of the Lord. You know why we've got a lot of dry churches? The word of the Lord is not being heard. Somebody's going to wake up in just a minute right now. You know why we lack revival in America? The word of the Lord is not being heard. We need to prophesy to the wind. We need to preach it from the housetops. We need to be bold with our testimony. Don't let bones and valleys rob you of your voice. You need to shout in the valley. You need to sing in the valley. You need to testify in the valley. You need to prophesy in the valley. 
preach in the valley, preacher. Testify for those of you who are struggling right now. Just testify with your voice that God can breathe life into a valley full of dry bones. I'll tell you what the Lord spoke to me very early this morning. If you know me, you know that unlike pastor who's up at 3 o'clock in the morning, no matter what, I am not an early morning person. And so if the Lord wakes me up at 4 o'clock in the morning, it better be the Lord. It better not be you. Or my kids or the pizza I ate the night before. It needs to be the Lord. And the Lord woke me up 4 o'clock this morning. And he spoke this little word into my spirit. And I believe it's going to help somebody today. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I want you to listen to me very carefully. In the spirit, God told me that the sound of dry bones shaking is coming at Apostolic Tabernacle. There are dreams that seem dead. There are hopes that seem dry. There are promises that seem as if they could never ever come to pass. But the word of the Lord says, the sound of the shaking of dry bones is coming to apostolic tabernacle. If we will lift up our voices and testify in the middle of the valley, somebody open up your mouth and shout unto God in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your failure in the middle of your valley shout but preacher you don't know how long those bones have been there it doesn't matter if they've been there three centuries when the spirit of the Lord breathes life into dry bones they've got to start shaking They've got to start rattling. Sinew will come upon it. Flesh will come upon it. And the brain neurons will begin to flow when the word of the Lord breathes into the dead promises in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Lift up your hands and receive that promise right now. Somebody needs to let your faith build. I feel a a struggle in the spirit. There's a struggle in the spirit. Come on, somebody... Somebody lift up your hands and receive it in the spirit. (laughs) I can feel the doubt, but preacher, you don't know how dry my bones are. You don't know how far from God my grandchildren are. You you don't know how far from God my husband is. You you don't know how lost my wife is. You you don't know how rebellious my children are. You, You don't know how hopeless my situation is. You don't know how bad the doctor said it is. You you don't know how much money I need to pay my bills, preacher. You don't understand what I'm going through. I don't have to understand. All I have to know is that God can breathe life into your dry place. Hallelujah. 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 Your problem is not too big for God. Your promise is not too dead for God to fulfill. You can be seated for just a moment. I'm closing. I want to open up this altar, so I want to hurry. Someone's going to get a miracle in this altar today. 
I said someone's going to get a miracle in this altar today. Joseph didn't want to go to Egypt. Joseph didn't wake up one morning and say, I think I'll leave my home. I think I'll leave my family. And I think I'll just go to Egypt and make a new life for myself. And maybe one day, just maybe, I'll become the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. No, that's not how it happened. His brothers sold him into slavery. They threatened to kill him. They told his father that he was dead, devoured by a wild animal. He went through prison. He went through betrayal. He went through difficulty after difficulty, but he had a dream and he had a promise that came directly from God. And through every trial and every valley and every situation, he clung to the promise that God had placed in his life. He believed that God was faithful even when it seemed like God was unfaithful. My God, we need to get that revelation. He held on in prison. He held on when Potiphar's wife lied about his integrity and immorality in his life. But he knew that he was righteous. He knew that he was pure. And he kept on trusting God. Even when the haters were hating. And finally God exalted him to a place. And, and because of that he was able to save his family from a terrible famine that swept across that entire region. And God was able to use Joseph to be a deliverer for his own family in spite of the way that they had abused and misused him. But in the end of all of that, we know that Joseph's family eventually moved to Egypt. They wound up Settling down there. And really if you look at it closely. You'll realize that God didn't intend. For them to stay in Egypt. And when it came time for Joseph to die. He began to make predictions. About the departing of his family from Egypt. In other words Joseph knew prophetically that it was not the will of God for his family to dwell in Egypt forever. And he began to let his family know there's coming a day when you're going to leave this place. God has something better for you. God has something bigger for you. This is not this pagan land where they worship thousands of gods. They worship flies. They worship the water. They worship frogs. They worship Pharaoh. This is not the place where God wants his people to dwell. And there's coming a day where a deliverer is going to bring you out of Egypt and take you to a better place. And in the middle of that prophecy, he gave a commandment. Everyone say a commandment. It was not a request. It wasn't just a question. It was a commandment concerning his bones. 
He said, I'm going to die in Egypt, but there's going to be a day when my people are delivered from this ungodly place. And when they're delivered, I want you to dig my bones up out of the grave. And I want you to take them out of this wicked old place. And wherever God tells you to go, I want you to carry my bones with you. And when you get to the promise, I want you when you get to the promise I want you to bury my bones in the land of promise don't you dare leave my bones in this wicked place don't you dare leave me here this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Even in death, my promise is still true. Somebody needs to understand that you are not meant to be in this world. You're not meant to be content with where you are. And so, Joseph gave them the commandment concerning his dead bones. But after he died, the Hebrews suffered in slavery in the land of Egypt. I want you to think about this. I'm almost done. You think I'm going to preach all day. They suffered in slavery for over 400 years. For 400 years, his bones rotted in the ground. <laughs> His bones laid in a grave for 400 years. It must have looked like that promise was never, ever going to be fulfilled. It must have seemed like the bones of Joseph were never going to be delivered from the land of Egypt. But 400 years later, God sent a deliverer, and his name was Moses. Moses went before Pharaoh and said, God told me to tell you, let my people go. God told me to tell you, you're no match for Jehovah. God told me to tell you, we're going to worship the one true living God and only him will we ever serve. And they went through the plagues. And they went through the fight with Pharaoh. They went through the Red Sea. Moses could have been forgiven in the middle of all of that fussing and fighting with Pharaoh if he would have forgotten about the commandment concerning the bones. But when they finally got the word, you can leave Egypt, they did not forget. Moses said, somebody go find the bones of Joseph somebody go dig up his grave because I remember the commandment I remember the promise we're getting him out of here ah. Woo! Some of you think the dream is dead. Some of you think the promise is over. Some of you think the bell has already rung. But God is working all things together for good. Musicians come. Musicians come. So they dug up his bones. 
And they carried him out of Egypt. But they did not go directly from Egypt to the promised land. You know the story. They had to wander for 40 more years in a desert wilderness. Somewhere, the bones of Joseph were wrapped. Someone was carrying the bones of Joseph. When the manna fell from heaven, somebody was carrying the bones of Joseph. When they would get up and flee and fight the Amalekites, someone was guarding the bones of Joseph. When the enemy would come in like a flood, someone was zealously guarding the bones of Joseph because they remembered the commandment concerning the bones. Even in the middle of all of that, Moses did not survive. He was not allowed to see the promised land. He died just before he could step in to the promise of God. But there was a man by the name of Joshua who could have been forgiven if he would have forgotten about the bones of Joseph. We would have understood he had Jericho walls to walk around. He had Amalekites to fight. He had an unruly people to try to get together. But Joshua remembered the commandment concerning the bones. And the Bible says, after the walls of Jericho fell, stand with me. They carried the bones of Joseph. And they buried those bones in the land of promise just like God had told Joseph he would do. They buried his body, Joshua 24 and 32. And the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem in a parcel of ground which Jacob had bought. And it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. 440 years later, God honored the promise concerning the bones. And Joseph's children and grandchildren and great, 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 great grandchildren reaped a blessing because of the faithfulness and the faith of their father who said, I'm not going to let my death, my bones, or dryness, or backsliding, or failure, or Pharaoh's, or Egypt keep me from trusting in the promises of God. Somebody today is busy looking at the bones. All you can see is the impossibilities. The future seems impossible. The present seems improbable. But God has given you a promise. And you need to start making some commandments concerning the bones. 
you need to start speaking. God is going to work all things together for good. I'm going to bring it to real life. Some of you need to start speaking the commandment. My children are going to serve the Lord. My, my grandchildren are going to be saved. I'm preaching to some young people today. Your parents are so far from God. You wonder if you'll ever have a godly home. I want you to go ahead and prophesy in a valley full of dry bones and say the Spirit is going to flow in my home. The Spirit is going to move in my family. I'm preaching to someone who's looking at the dry bones right now. You ought to run to this altar and start making some commandments concerning the bones. There ought to be some people right now who run and begin to prophesy in the Spirit. You ought to begin testifying by faith. You ought to begin speaking as though it already was. You ought to stand on the promises of God. Claim the word of the Lord. Trust in Jehovah. Somebody needs a healing in your body. The devil's whispering in your ear saying you'll never be healed. You should run to this altar. Throw up your hands. Lift up your voice and prophesy in the middle of your valley. I can be healed. God can touch my body. Holy, holy God. The great. 